All right, City of Champion podcast listeners, it's time to talk about your Los Angeles Lakers. And welcome to episode one of Cafe con Lakers, which is going to be a new segment that we're going to be starting on Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. You can find us on Twitter Spaces uh, and join in and listen and ask your questions. Uh, I'm here with uh, my co-host, Edgar. What's going on, Edgar? How you doing, bro? Hey, man, what's going on? Good to be here. You know, first episode, so the expectations aren't super high as far as uh, people listening, but hopefully over time we can grow the audience and, you know, people can get some valuable insights uh, out of the uh, out of this episode. Um, I do want to, you know, remind people that this is the Lakers have. We will be doing a Dodgers segment later on when there is no lockout. There isn't much to talk about right now since everything's frozen. Um but it'll be, it'll there'll be something there. We'll, we'll give you some updates once uh, that comes along. But let's get started with the Lakers. Hopefully, you have a coffee in hand and you're ready to listen. And uh, you know, after we're done with this 15, 20 minute segment, we're going to open up the space to you know talk to talk to folks. Yes, sir. So I got my coffee in hand. You know, a little cafe bustello with a little vanilla creamer, and I'm ready to go. Um, so the state of the Lakers, bro, really rough week, not just for the Lakers and not just for the NBA, but for all professional sports with COVID cases starting to spike, right? And so right now, currently the Lakers have uh, Taylor Horan Tucker, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Bradley, uh, Avery Bradley, uh, Dwight Howard, and Austin Reeves um, all in COVID protocol. So team is completely decimated. That's what allowed them to sign IT to uh you know a 10-day contract with an exemption and it seems that's what a lot of teams are doing right now is using the hardship exemption to sign players to 10-day contracts but edgar tell me about how do you feel that the nba is going to handle this right with the covid cases spiking and that normally taking players out for a couple weeks missing a couple games do you think the league is just going to continue to move forward as normal? Is there a possible like a pause to this season to get this all figured out? What are your thoughts with how not only is it impacting the Lakers, but the league as a whole? Man, I feel like that's a really great point. And uh, I watch a lot of soccer, a lot of European soccer, the English uh, Premier League. And December is a very busy month for them. They play almost uh, two games a week. It's very, you know, just rapid fire. And there's already been two games, at least for Manchester United, that have been uh, canceled, postponed due to protocols. You know, too many players um, getting sick at the same time. And it seems like that's a trend that's following uh, every other sports league in the world. You've got, you know, the obviously all the soccer leagues in Europe. Now you're seeing it with the NBA. So as to the question, is the NBA going to postpone the season, maybe delay it? It's possible, right? Because at the end of the day, you want to put a good product out there. And if you're having teams, especially just imagine Christmas Day, if either of the teams playing are missing two, three players, key players, superstars, it's not going to make for a good product. Now, I don't think they'll cancel Christmas Day just because there's so much hype, promotion, and just momentum behind it. It's been a tradition for, you know, as long as we've been alive. Um, but outside of that, other games, I could see it happening. Uh, I could see it happening just because, you know, it's rough. It's hard to watch. The Lakers last night, one of the hardest games to watch all season. It was so frustrating knowing that, you know, we were missing seven players 
I don't know how you recover from that. I don't know what you do or how yeah. you handle that because it's such a unique situation. I mean, wh- how do you feel about it? Well, so so here's the thing. So I think about you know other leagues and I think about the NFL and how they're able to postpone games because they play one game a week, right? The NBA is very unique, similar to baseball in the sense that we play multiple games in one week. So it's hard to just postpone games and be like, oh, we're just going to push this game back a week because it messes up with every other team's schedule. So I feel like the NBA is not going to postpone games. They're going to do what they're doing right now, which is offering teams, um, you know, hardship exemptions to sign players from the G League to play. And then they've also, um, I know they're talking with the NFL or the NBA Players Association about um, trying to find ways for teams to add players from the G League so that if guys go under protocol, you just kind of bring guys, more guys from the G League in. Um, almost they call them replacement players to kind of fill the gaps while uh, teams get healthy. So I think that's what they're going to try to do till they ride this wave. But even, you know, I was, uh, you know, scrolling through Twitter and Anthony Irwin made a good point that you could bring these guys from the G League, but then there's a lot of questions about like, are they vaccinated? Are they unvaccinated? And that really throws off the environment of your team, right? Because the more vaccinated players, the better. But um, we're seeing even with that though, that's not really making a difference um, right now. So I think that the league is, I think more than likely you'll see uh, rosters uh, uh, get larger, more players on the rosters to kind of just fill the gaps for all these guys in, in COVID protocols. Um, but as you mentioned, really rough loss for the Lakers last night to the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, you know, not only is the team kind of decimated due to, to COVID, but, you know, they didn't really come play with energy. And one guy who we've talked a lot all year about whether they're playing with energy or not and is is constantly receiving criticism um, from the Laker fan base is Anthony Davis. Um, and he goes down with an injury yesterday. First the ankle, he comes back, then the knee. Edgar, are, based on what you saw, you know, the team is saying that eh, no structural damage or whatnot. At this point, we're still waiting for the MRIs and the various tests. But what what are your thoughts on that that injury by AD? You thinking it's serious? You think he'll be able to bounce back pretty quickly? Great question. So with AD, it's really hard to tell because he he's so dramatic sometimes, right? He's always following, and I mean, I know these guys are taught to fall the right way, so that when they do fall, they know how to fall and they won't get injured further. But AD just he seems like one of those guys that just, you know, he goes down very easily. He's very dramatic with um, with injuries. Sometimes they're serious, sometimes they're not. So it's really hard to tell. But what really, um, you know, scared me was the shot of him just falling in the tunnel, grabbing his knee, and then the two trainers, you know, coming up to him to, you know, help him. That didn't look good. When I, when I saw that, I, I thought it was a, you know, a torn ACL. Luckily, you know, David McManaman and I've uh, posted, uh, I pinned the tweet to the top of the the spaces. It seems like everything is good. It seems like there's no structural damage. So what it sounds like is a sprain, which can still be pretty severe, um, especially right after, you know, injuring your ankle. Um, So, I I mean, I don't know. It it could be serious. I'm looking at maybe four to six weeks uh, for him to recover. No need to rush back. Just because, you know, and again, it all depends on how severe the uh, the sprain is, right? Um, because even though it is a sprain, it's still a pretty serious injury. Um, you don't want to exacerbate it and then actually tear it going into the playoffs. With AD, I just think we need to take it easy. Uh, let LeBron and let uh, Russell Westbrook sort of uh, play together, gel together, get to know each other better. Just because, again, they're going to be the central pieces of the offense. 
And then so hopefully when AD comes back, he can uh, transition smoothly into the lineup. Um, so here's here's the thing. So you, you're you throwing out like a four to six week timeline. That's just like you're just throwing out a rough estimate, right? We don't know anything yet. Like you said, Dave McManaman tweeted out that so far so good with the testing, but we got to kind of wait and see. And AD was already dealing with some knee soreness. So this just kind of adds to it. Um, but if he misses like four to six weeks, bro, that is going to be very rough for us as a team because we have been decimated by injuries now COVID protocol now another major injury and I think the biggest issue for our team all year has been the lack of consistency right um, you know we're still waiting we're still waiting for none to come back we're still waiting for a reason to play a game we haven't really put out the full roster that we signed this offseason and so AD to miss more time again it it's another another missed opportunity for us to continue to gel and grow as a team because we've actually been playing better more recently as far as like just uh, continuity, defense, offense, just looking better as a team, gelling better, the chemistry is improving. And with that, the data is showing that we're on the up and up. So for AD to miss more time just further puts us back into building our chemistry, um, which I think is a good transition to our next talking talking point, which is Frank Vogel, who has received a ton of criticism due to the Lakers' performance. But I am a supporter of Frank Vogel, and I feel like it's not necessarily Vogel's fault for how we're performing, but it's the, the inconsistency of the roster, right? He was given this roster, and from the jump, there was flaws. A lot of people, you know, pointed out the age of the roster, the lack of wings on the roster, you know, so on and so forth. And I always thought a major piece of this roster was Trevor Ariza. We find out early on in the in the offseason um, that he's going to miss significant time due to an ankle surgery he had to have. Then Nunn has like the, the knee issue. Um, and, you know, LeBron gets hurt. And so it's just there hasn't been time. You know, and the Laker players have said the same thing. There hasn't been time for the team to come together. So I'm not one to criticize Frank Vogel um, because of what he's been given. It, it's it's hard to truly get an assessment of this team based on all the injuries. And I think, and I do think Vogel has done a good job of making adjustments as the season has gone along. We saw DeAndre Jordan get removed from the starting lineup. You've seen Vogel put LeBron at the five to go smaller, put Dwight Howard into the starting lineup. You see Austin Reeves getting more time. Kent Bazemore was removed from the lineup. You see every Bradley now starting just to bring the defensive intensity so I do think Vogel is taking in the data that he sees and he's making adjustments and they seem to be working for the most part man but are you a supporter of Frank Vogel are you on the other end do you feel like he might be to blame for our our struggles this season I'm with you man I don't think he's to blame he's been handed a you know difficult hand Um, injuries just everything you have to deal with COVID. It's not something that a, a coach has ever had to deal with before. So adding in that sort of uh, variable that you weren't accounting for ever uh, makes it harder. Now I understand that uh, the fans are frustrated, um, especially after last night's game. It's, it's just hard times, man. It's hard times. Sometimes you go through adversity and you, uh, you fight through it. Um, and that's one of those situations now that we're dealing with. And I think it's better that it happens early on in the season where we, we can work through those problems and we can, um, you know, Im- you know, improve on what we're seeing. You know, uh, AD going down means someone else is getting minutes. So take advantage of those minutes. Make sure that you uh, leave it all out there. Make sure that you're contributing to the team. You know, for all the people that feel like they don't get enough minutes, I know going into the season, we had a stacked lineup and we were trying to figure out how the minutes would be distributed. Well, I mean, now's the time. And, uh, you know, Reeves taking advantage of it, right? With that game winning three. Um, 
So that's what I expect. I expect people, rather than being unhappy, I expect others to step up, take advantage of those minutes, and just work through it. And hopefully, once playoffs start, we have enough chemistry and we have uh, enough guys back in shape, in full, you know, um, rhythm that we can uh, we can go deep. But like you saw last year, we got healthy too late. And so by the time the playoffs started, we were going up against a much more athletic, younger team. When you're out of shape or when you try to get in shape, when you don't have that, you know, rhythm, it's it's a lot harder to win. Um, so that's what we want to avoid. We want to avoid taking it down to the last week of the season to get guys back. We want at least a month, maybe 12, 15 games to get into, into, into a groove. Um, but as far as Vogel, it, it's not his fault. Everyone's dealing with it. Everyone's, you know, unless you've got like a really young team of guys who can recover super quick and aren't necessarily uh, susceptible to major ligament injuries, um, then, you know, you're good. But again, it's just, it's it's the everyday struggle. We weren't expecting AD to get steamrolled by some guy falling backwards, just like we weren't expecting uh, LeBron to get his uh, ankle rolled over last year. But it happens and we've got to just uh, roll with the punches and keep going. Yeah, no, I hear you, bro. And, and, and I agree. It's just we got to focus on getting healthy. We got to focus on putting the best lineup we can put out there. And I think Vogel's doing the best he can with what he's been dealt. And, you know, and we've seen improvement. You know, if we weren't seeing improvement, if we were regressing, then then I would be concerned. But let's transition into our next talking point, which is uh, we're in the season of trade rumors. And as you know, the Lakers are kind of always in the middle of those rumors. And, and more recently, I feel like it's been picking up. And some interesting interesting names being thrown around, but I'm not surprised on the names that I see on the Lakers side being thrown into rumors. So, so the names I've seen often tossed around are uh, Russell Westbrook, THT, and also uh, Nunn. I feel like Nunn is getting tossed in there quite a bit as well, which is intriguing because he hasn't played all season. But let's let's start off with this, Edgar. Let's start off with Russell Westbrook. How are you feeling about his performance this year? And are you open to trading him? And if so, for what? Oh, boy. I think with Russell Westbrook, it's he's a guy that you have to have patience with um, just because his style of play is very specific, right? He does uh, a lot of things well, and he doesn't do some things like shoot the three-point uh, well. So with, with a guy like him... and. If you followed his progress with the Wizards last year, then you'll know that he was terrible for the first half of the season. But come second half, him and Bradley Beal just took over. And I think they came back from like 10 games under 500 to, you know, make the playoffs or even more than that to make the playoffs. So I want to be patient with Westbrook. I think he has a lot to give. I think if used properly, we could really, um, we, we stand to benefit from having him as a player. On the flip side, I could see how having him sort of clogs up the uh, the paint, gives uh, other players less uh, room to work with, just because, again, he's such he has such a specific skill set. Um, but we've got to be patient. Again, he's a superstar. He's done it year in, year out. And I believe it takes longer than a handful of games to see if something works. I know a lot of people are calling to trade him. But hey, you know, Rajon Rondo was a terrible three-point shooter until he wasn't, right? 
last few years he's been shooting pretty damn well considering he was like a sub 30% shooter his entire career. So just be patient, wait to see, you know, there's a lot of time between the, between now and the uh, trade deadline, I think February, right? Um, if I'm not mixing up baseball, which is July. Uh, yeah. So February, um, if we were to trade him, I don't see a lot of options because his contract is just massive. Um, I mean, how do you feel about that situation? And and that's what I think, bro, is that there's not a lot of options to trade. Like, who's going to take Russell Westbrook, right? He has, like, two years, like, I think, like, $91 million or something like that left on his contract. So who's really going to take on all that money? Um, I, I will come straight out and say, like, at this point in the season, I do not like the Westbrook fit on the Lakers. He's had a couple key moments. And sure, like, he's not the worst, right? But... I just, yeah, I feel like I watch him play and he, he does a lot more bad things than good things for the team. And it's very frustrating. I feel like he has very poor shot selection. His athleticism has declined. He can't get past his defenders on defense. He, um, there's a lack of effort and a lack of focus, poor shooting. He misses a lot, a ton of layups. It's just, it's frustrating, right? To see, you know, I feel like we're in the decline of his career, obviously, and yeah, it's just it, it's been frustrating the first half of the season, in, in my opinion, in regards to Russell Westbrook. Um, but I don't think there's much of a trade market for him. So then you're kind of just you're stuck with him. So I don't see him going anywhere. Um, yeah, I don't see that happening. I think we're, we're just gonna have to ride that contract out, to be honest. Um, but let's move on to THT. His name has come up a lot, as well as Kendrick Nunn. They kind of been like brought up together. And I feel like the reason for that is that THT is a couple things. One, he is one of the few young Lakers who has some type of value due to his potential. And two, he's on a sizable contract. Um, I think he's making about $10 million, right? So he has a decent-sized contract that can be moved, right? He has a sizable contract that can be moved for something. And so I think that's the reason why you see his name come up as long as with Kendrick Nunn, another younger Laker with potential making $5 million. So you combine those two guys, you have $15 million. And with that, you can move it to a team who maybe has a veteran making something in that range, but they're looking for towards the future, right? Um, I know uh, Indiana's been brought up often. You know, uh, Detroit's been brought up often for a couple, you know, different targets. Um, so... so Based on what you've seen from THT this year, we haven't seen anything from Kendrick Nunn, but based on what you've seen from THT this year, um, are you are you buying the promise that everyone, you know, talked about in the offseason? You know, I feel like we were all hyped on THT uh, during the offseason, you know, especially preseason last year. Um, and are you feeling good um, about keeping him moving forward? Or are you feeling like, hey, based on how the team is performing and what we need, it's time to move him? It's tough. It's tough, you know, especially thinking back at the idea that we lost uh, Caruso because we re-signed THT. That's what it really comes down to. Uh, we gave THT the money, and for good reason, right? He's got a high upside. Um, I like his wingspan. I think he's long. I think he can defend the three. Um, you know, so in, in a similar way that Ron Artest used to play defense, right? Moving laterally and just using your hands to keep guys from, uh, you know, passing uh, passing you up. He his numbers aren't great this year per se, especially given uh, that he's playing what twenty eight minutes a game. Um, but again, he's 
on a team full of shooters and scorers. So he's not going to get that many offensive opportunities. Um, he's not doing, you know, shooting very well from three point land. But again, I think that's just a, a result of being on a team with shooters, right? With scorers. You're just not going to get that many looks. You're not going to get the opportunity to shoot through your uh, slumps or through your, um, through your uh, droughts. As far as training him, I think the deal has to be intriguing enough, something that can help us go from, I guess, playoff contender to championship contender and possibly winning it all. Um, I don't know who that missing uh, piece is, though. So let me jump in here, okay? Because I, 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 I agree with you. I feel like if we're going to move him, it has to be for something that's going to elevate us immediately. And and, it, and I also want to talk about, like, why is it that we would trade THT, right? He's a, he's a guard, guard wing. Um, and I think, I think, these are my thoughts. I think the Lakers have seen something in, like, Malink Monk, Wayne Ellington, um, you know, in that combo, Austin Reeves as well. I think they've seen that we have something in these three guys that maybe THT is a bit more expendable. We haven't seen anything from Kendrick Nunn, but I think at this point we're guard heavy. And so we're trading from surplus to add to what are we lacking? And I've said it from the off season. A lot of people have said it. They're still saying it. We lack wings. And so there's uh, there's been a couple wings thrown out, you know, one being Ben Simmons, who obviously that whole saga has been going on. And the other one is Jeremy Grant. Now, I, for one, don't think that the Lakers have a chance at getting Ben Simmons. That's just not happening. I don't think Phil- Daryl Morey is too smart. He wouldn't make that move. We don't have anything close to offer for what they want for Ben Simmons. But Jeremy Grant is an interesting option. I've liked him since... Uh, I've liked him for a long time, but specifically in the series against the Nuggets in the bubble, he showed a lot. Um, this year, he's not shooting the ball that great, but he's still a versatile 3-4, can guard multiple positions, does a pretty good job spotting up and shooting, attacks the rim well. Um, I think he'd be a, a perfect fit next to LeBron and AD at that 3. Um, and so I, I like Jeremy Grant from the uh, Detroit Pistons. Other you know names that have been thrown around for the Lakers is uh, Miles Turner and a couple other Indiana Pacers like Holiday, Lamb, you know, and um, Lavert. So um, what about what about you, Edgar? What are what are some names that you like that you've heard are on the trade block? Not you know we're not gonna you know make up random rumors, you know, but players that you've heard are possibly gonna get moved that you think the Lakers should target. Oh boy. Um, I don't know who the Lakers should target because it's not like we're lacking talent. We're lacking health. We're lacking, you know, the opportunity to get the team that we have now on the floor at once. That's what we're lacking. So to say, like, hey, I want to get rid of this guy for this guy and expect something better out of the situation is just not realistic just because we haven't had enough of this team right now to say it's not going to work um so sure i mean you could throw out different uh trade scenarios i don't think it's really conducive i don't think it's the answer i know people get uh frustrated and that's the first thing they want to do is hey let's trade this guy or let's get that guy um but sometimes you just have to ride through it, wait it out, um, and hopefully things start to click. Now, we did sign Isaiah Thomas, who in 22 minutes yesterday put up 19 points. 
he got to the line a lot. I think he went like seven of nine from uh, free throw land. Um, shot decently from the field, and then two of six from uh, from uh, three. I'd be interested to see what happens with him if he can contribute to the offense consistently. Obviously, he's not going to be the defender that we need, um, and what we do need is defense. But he is another option uh, to score, and we've seen that he can take a team under his wing and really lead them to the playoffs. That's not something you could say about a lot of guys. But so, so in, in response to that, man, it's you're not going to play it over Malink Monk. You're not going to play it over Kendrick Nunn when he's healthy. You're not going to play it over Avery Bradley. And again, this is another guard, a smaller guard, and we have so many guards. And so while I hear you, we need to get healthy to see what we really have to truly address, you know, our needs. But I think based on what we've seen so far from the roster, we know, and and I know you disagree with this, but I've been saying since the offseason, like there is a lack of wings. You know, even if LeBron moves, like LeBron has been playing a lot of the four and the three, like there's just not enough wings there, right, to defend. And there's not enough defensive oriented players on our roster. I think that's where we've struggled all year is defense. I think most Laker fans would agree with that. So for me, I think, you know, whoever the Lakers look to target, it needs to be someone who could play defense and also is not a liability on offense. Um, and an intriguing name just popped up. You know, the Rockets just recently waived uh, Daniel House. They look like they're trying to add some younger players. So they waived him. Um, and he's always been intriguing. I've brought his name up in previous podcasts um, to someone who interests me because he is um, a 3 and D wing. And so we'll see what happens there. If the Lakers make a run at him, um, they'd have to clear uh, space on the roster. Um, so we'll see, man. But uh, any other closing thoughts, bro, before we wrap this up? Uh, no, uh, you know, just want to, um, you know, say that, uh, hope people tune in uh, next time. Obviously, like I said, I didn't have uh, high expectations for a big crowd. Um, we had some people pop in and pop out, uh, which is all good. But again, we're going to be doing this every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. This is the first show. Uh, we're going to make the recording available on all the major podcast platforms, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, um, and hopefully moving forward, once we do have those Q and A's and those conversations, we can also include those in the podcast. So, you know, tune in, we'll be pushing this a lot more. We'll be, um, more, uh, engaged with, um, with the Twitter timeline and, you know, just hope to see you uh, join us. Yeah, man. Thank you to those that did pop in and, and check it out for a bit. We appreciate it. And we'll be bringing this to you every Saturday morning, 9am. Make sure you're tuned in to the, to the, um, to our Twitter page, uh, underscore City of Champs, um, so that you can um, check out what's going on with us, check out the store, uh, check out our giveaways and whatnot. But we appreciate the love and support as always, y'all. Peace.